today on the Profitable Trady Podcast. Not just talking about how to make the team more productive, basically talking about how to maximise the profit from the work that that team does. You can make the team incredibly efficient on site, absolutely world's best, but if that type of work is not particularly profitable, it's a waste of time, it doesn't really matter. You could be leaving money on the table, you could be robbing yourself blind, uh, or you could still be pricing yourself out of the work. You only get to sell each hour of your tradespeople or your technicians' time once. But so many businesses don't measure what work is most profitable and many don't even think about it. Today on the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we discuss how to ensure your people are doing the work that is most profitable for your business. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we'll help you turn your business into a money-making machine. We know you're busy, so we'll make it worth your time. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, time is money, and we're here to help you make more of both. So hit the follow button and let's get started. To the podcast. Well, howdy everyone. Tony Fraz jones here, host of the Profitable Trading Podcast, uh, sitting here with my sidekick, Phil Smith. G'day, mate. What's happening today, Phil? You've done it again. What's happening today? Um, yeah, I'm having a great time today, mate. I'm having a great time. We're, we're podcasting and I suppose we've got a good topic on the go, which is going to be uh, how to make sure that you get the most uh, from your tradespeople and technicians in your business, which is pretty juicy so basically the profitability of the jobs that you do is the engine room of your business um, the more profitable the jobs the more money we have to pay for our overheads and more profit that we have left uh, for you as a business owner at the end so not just talking about how to make the team more productive basically talking about how to maximize the profit from the work that that team does yeah that's that's super important because uh, as we said you can only spend the hour once uh, you can make the team incredibly efficient on site absolutely world's best but if that type of work is not particularly profitable it's a waste of time it doesn't really matter yeah that's uh, right. so that's that's important and what we're going to share today i think is literally life-changing for many business owners but the sad reality that we find mate isn't it when people join our million dollar trady coaching program is that most business owners are actually too busy to dig into the job profitability of what they're doing out in the field well, they don't actually realise how flippin' important this is. They're just so caught in the whirlwind uh, yeah. that they haven't had the chance to take a breath to yep. actually figure out what is the most profitable work to do. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure you got a story to kick us off. I do. Uh, so we teach our members to use gross profit margin as sort of a starting point when pricing. Mm. Uh, and this is really important. Uh, but there's some challenges with this, and we're going to dig into why this is only one measure that you want to understand and. Uh, this really came home to me the other day uh, when we were talking with a member who was sharing that they were pricing hot water cylinders, so uh, changing out hot water cylinders. And uh, we taught them the pricing benchmarks that you know we, we like to get on jobs, and 40% is a just a useful benchmark, 40% gross gross profit margin. They were looking at the work, the, the margins they were getting off uh, these hot water installs, and they were below 40%. Yeah, of course. Overall, which is uh, like, oh, this is really frustrating. Then they they figured out, well, what is the the margin they get on the the labour from that work and on the cylinder? Yeah, and they were like, oh, well, the margin, the gross margin we're getting on the cylinder is dragging down the the margin on this whole job. Yeah, this yeah. is a disaster. Maybe I should just do the labour. I should just, you know. Well, that was the confusing part yeah. was when Mark came to us and said, well, hey, look, you know, what, I, what I've been noticing is if I price these jobs at 40%, I'm going to lose the work. That's right. And like for anyone else who's doing hot water cylinders out here, you're probably going to be thinking, geez, if I put 40% on the cylinder, <laughs> I'd lose the work too. And you know what? You probably would. 
Um, so then what, what Mark thought is he's like, well, I'll just, you know, back cost my work and price the work for 40% and I'll, you know, without the cylinder in it and then just chuck the cylinder in. And that seemed like a good solution, but it still wasn't quite right because the fact is, is you are making profit on the cylinder. And if you're not back costing the profit you're making on the cylinder, you're not pricing for the profit that you want off the cylinder, then you could be leaving money on the table. You could be robbing yourself blind uh, or you could still be pricing yourself out of the work. But either way, it does have to factor into the equation. And um, this has really led us to what the, we're going to talk about today, right? Yeah, which is uh, you know, understanding what type of work is the most profitable. And uh, of course, with a cylinder, you're going to do the work anyway. Uh, you sell the cylinder, you're just making that money, which if you know, you're not, you won't. Yeah. And so what came of that is basically a, a tool that we're going to take you through um, or a way of looking at your profitability, which just helps you compare apples for apples a little bit easier. And that's that's really the beauty of what we're doing. So, you know, I mean, if we don't know how to use this tool, we, we're going to end up with some problems. Yeah. First thing is you're flying blind. So you, you actually make... You don't know, like it's it's like trying to fly in, in a cloud. You have an issue of instruments. You have no way of knowing where you're going. Uh, and you can't make the right decisions on the type of work you're going or the direction you're heading yeah. uh, if you don't understand the profitability of your work. Uh, you can get really deluded about the details as well. Like you might look across your jobs at the end of each month uh, when you do your profit and loss. And if, you, if you're not doing a profit and loss every month, uh, I highly recommend that you do. And you might see your margins are great. Maybe they're all at you know thirty eight percent overall, and you're like, this is this is okay. Mm. The thing is, there's a bunch that are under that, and a yep. bunch that are over it. So we want to figure out what's under it, so we can actually boost it uh, in general. Yeah, you're gonna have less profit and cash in your business. Uh, you probably f- you can end up focusing on margin way too much. Mm. You know, just the margin we're getting on stuff, which is important, but it's not as important as the amount of money you make. Mm. Uh, and you now. There's a bunch of problems if you don't make enough money. You can't grow. You can't buy your time back. It's stressful. You get over it and frustrated. Yeah, 100%. Now, on the other hand, like if we do use this tool really well and we get across that uh, apples for apples profitability. Yeah. Um, well, you've got, the de- you've got the details and the uh, information you need to make the decisions on where you focus your effort. So where you spend that very valuable tradesperson's hour or your technician's hour, you want to use that in the way that's going to make you the most profit in your business. And that might be certain types of jobs, certain types of clients, certain clients within a, in a niche, mm. or a combination of those things. But you've got to do the, the analysis to figure out what that is. Yeah. And when you do that, you'll make more money. Uh, and more money makes business easier to run. It gives you more lifestyle. You can buy time back. And it's just a, a nice upward spiral. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I think the thing is that we need to understand what uh you know, basically what job profitability is uh, and we need to be able to do this with the tool we're talking about. So should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Look, we've alluded to it. This is the, the key thing to understand. Your skilled tradespeople and your technician's time is an incredibly valuable resource. You work hard to recruit these people. You work hard to train them uh, and they can only spend that hour of time once. Yeah. And so you've got to make sure you get the best from it. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then it's about actually understanding the the job profitability and the the gross margin. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I think in this case, like the first thing is just understanding gross profit in dollars. So, uh, for those of you that aren't sure about this, what it is is it's basically your revenue or your income that's coming in. Uh, subtracted from that, you have to take away the direct costs. Um, you know, which are the direct costs of the job. Sometimes get called your cost of goods sold or cogs. Um, so if you take your revenue, subtract the direct costs or cogs. What you're left with is gross profit, and those those cogs are your you know direct labour, 
Yep. Your materials, materials any subcontractors, yep. effectively those are the key ones. Yeah, that's right. And so basically with that, I mean, there are still obviously expenses that come out after throughout your operating expenses and that leaves you with a net profit. But what we're talking about today is gross profit, which sits about the middle of your profit Yeah, and it's statement. like just doing a, a mini profit statement for each individual job, isn't it? That's right, yeah. And the reason we're not taking into consideration all of the operating expenses or fixed costs today is because we're looking at job profitability which is why we want to look at that level, at the gross profit. So that's going to be the, the topic of conversation. Yeah. And so once we, we know what our gross profit for each job is, like a mini profit and loss for each job, then we want a way to actually compare that across different jobs or different clients in the business. Yeah. Now, uh, you, you might have two different jobs. Let's say they both made you a $1,000 gross profit, but one has a revenue of $2,000 and one has a revenue of $3,000. Uh, and so how do we compare those? Because they've both got the same profit. Yeah, well, that's where GP margin comes in or gross profit percentage. And basically what that is, it's a way of comparing the two. So in this case, you know, if we look at that same example, 1,000 out of 2,000, where it was $1,000 gross profit with a 2,000 revenue, that's 50% um, profitability in terms of gross profit. Whereas 1,000 out of 3,000 is a 33.33333% gross profit margin. Uh, And so basically when we can use that percentage, uh, we can use it to set targets for our pricing and we can use it to benchmark against industry standards so that when we're pricing our work, we're looking for a percentage margin, not to be confused with a markup. Um, That's another whole kettle of fish. It's a whole other kettle of fish we won't get into today, but it's it's just really handy uh, way to break it down so that it, it gives you a comparative tool uh, and you can use it for doing your budgets, your forecasting, and, and you know, mainly for your pricing. Yeah, and that's a great way of comparing, isn't it? That's the key. It allows us to compare. Yeah. But the trouble is uh, when we use gross profit margin, there's a saying, you can't actually take your percentage and you take it to the bank. You cannot bank margin. No. And I, so I don't I don't bank 50%. I, I no. bank, bank a dollar figure. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, so it leads to questions like this. Hey, would you rather... I love a good would you rather. Would you rather. Oh, let's not get started on that. Uh, Anyway, uh, would you rather a $1,000 job at a 50% gross margin, which is a $500 profit, Mm. or would you rather a $30,000 job at a 40% gross margin, which is a $12,000 profit? Mm. Uh, Well, for me, the answer is relatively simple. You would rather the the bigger job at the slightly smaller margin because you're making more profit. Yeah, well... It sounds like it, but uh, this is kind of mm. what we're talking about today, right? Is that it sounds like it, but there is more to it. That's than that. right. You know, with those larger jobs, the reason that uh, you might take a lower margin is because there's materials to sell in them. So, but that does drive your revenue uh, and your profit. And it doesn't take much time from your tradespeople. Yeah, that's, that's right. the key thing. Yeah, uh, and so there is a point. And this is what you were getting to is yeah. there's a point where a number of smaller jobs with great margin are actually going to be better than one or two bigger jobs at a, at a lower margin. Yeah. And uh, there's lots of businesses, you know, like drainage or concrete contracting or large scale you know, installs and stuff where you will be getting lower margins, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, In fact, it th- can be better. That's right. That's yeah. right. But how do we know? Well, we need something else, right? And this is where the real head trip comes in because you're probably thinking we're going in circles like... First it Feels was good. a bit like it. Well, first it was good to get a higher percentage, yeah. and then it was good to get more dollars. But those are contradictory statements because we've said one was better and then said the other one was better. Um, and if we think back to that example, you know, would you rather have the twelve thousand dollar profit or the five hundred dollar profit? And I'm like, it all depends how long it took. 
Correct. Because the thing is, if it took me ages to get the $12,000 profit, there was a lot of hours that went into that, even though that's the profit that came out. If in those same amount of hours, I could duplicate the $500 profit 100 times, uh, the thing is, is that's going to end up being more dollars. And so it then becomes about, well, can I keep the frequency up, which is you know a whole different kettle of fish. Yep. But as far as the easiest way to compare apples for apples... Uh, that's where gross profit in dollars per hour becomes, uh, you know, the best measure because it gives a dollar figure plus a way to compare across the business so that we can figure out what type of work is the best. And basically, the way that we do this is that we take, uh, you know, different types of work because I'm sure everybody listening is going to have different types of work they do. So it might be um, quite vastly different where you do some maintenance work and some large project work. Or it might be, uh, you know, that you do all large project work and you compare by different clients that you do. Or you might do all maintenance work and maybe you compare by, you know, specific different types of maintenance jobs. You know, there's lots of different ways you can split it. But what we're then able to do is to compare jobs by looking at what was the gross profit in dollars that we earned on that specific job. Divide that by the total amount of hours that went into the job. Tradesperson hours. Tradespeople hours. Yeah, yeah so not sales hours or, yep. or overhead hours. It's, it's you know, tradespeople's hours on that specific job. And that'll leave us a gross profit in dollars per hour. And that is the great leveler where basically you could take that high, hot water cylinder, which is going to be a lower percentage, but it's actually going to be a really high dollar figure because of a high commodity item, expensive piece of materials in there. The revenue is going to go up in a very short space of time, and so it's a lower percentage, but it's a high dollars in a short time. Whereas if you look at labor-only work, for example, there's no materials that you're clipping ticket on, which means that your revenue over the same time period is going to be far lower, your percentage profit will be far higher, but overall you might net less dollars for the time. And so when we compare things in this way, we're able to truly see what's our most profitable work, in terms of how many dollars profit comes in for an hour's worth of my people's time, which is really the whole game. Because if I can maximize that number, then for every hour my tradespeople are out and about, I'm making the most amount of money I can, which is... That's right, and you don't have to pay them anything different. That's it. Uh, depending on how profitable the work they're doing is for the business. That's uh, right. And it's also why having great systems and, and good uh, equipment helps. You know, For example, drainage uh, often has a slightly lower margin, but you've got diggers... And you know, big equipment where you can move a lot of stuff and generate a lot of revenue in a relatively short period of tradesperson hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. which can make it quite lucrative. Well, if it's funny, done if right. we think back, you don't to want to make a mistake with the drains, by the way. That that'll bugger it up. But anyway, yeah. Well, it's funny if we think back to actually our um, you know, our, our story about Mark. So I remember going through this with him and, and looking at his hot water cylinders, and he was devastated because he'd achieved like a 28% margin on one of his jobs. And now, don't get me wrong, he still could have made more. Uh, so I'm not saying over 28%, but he was devastated there. Um, but actually, in dollars per hour, he'd absolutely whipped the pants off um, another person on the same call who uh, was doing electrical work. It was labor. It was largely labor only. Basically, cable was the only thing mm. in terms of materials on the job. And they'd achieved a 58% margin on, on this one particular job, but actually in dollars per hour, uh, it was less than Mark's hot water cylinder at, at 28% GP. So it's it's just important. It's a good leveller and good way to compare your profitability. Yeah, so right? what practically speaking, what, I get, what we get our members to do, and if you're listening, you might like to do the same, is uh, just take 10 jobs in that particular area and list them out across the page, work out what the gross profit was off them, 
work out, you know, what the gross profit, um, uh, and then you can work out what the margin is and put in the hours that the um, the, the tradespeople have spent on it. It'll tell you the dollars per hour. Mm. And then you add that up, you get an average, and you do that for a couple of other sectors in your business, and you're like, flipping heck, this one here is making, uh, you know, $107 an hour, this one's making 83 and this one's 78 Yeah, yeah. And you're like, ooh, isn't that interesting? Well, trends will start to appear. Yeah. Um, and you might find that the ones that achieve lower GPs, it might be types of work, it could be specific clients. clients. It could even be, and this one's always an interesting one, is you're like, mm-hmm. you know, it always drops when Mike's on the job. <laughs> so Yeah, do it via tradesperson. Yeah, That's a yeah, good yeah. one. It's, it's interesting how you filter it, right? But we've got a spreadsheet we use with our clients, which um, which is really awesome for this and really helps us get to the bottom of job profitability. The thing is with this is there are some considerations. But wait, there's more. There is more. And and this is why, you know, it, it's a com- it feels like a complex topic. It It's not necessarily complex. There's just things to think about, right? And so, so yeah, so the so we've talked about the job profitability, which is the gross profit dollars per hour. Great way to compare across jobs. So mm. definitely use that. But there's also some overheads associated with doing different types of work. So you know your job per hours uh, profit per hours may be really high, but some type of work does require more overheads. You know things like well, how much quoting time or time did you spend preparing your bids? Because some might take a lot more than others. Yeah, uh, that's something to factor in. How much administration time is required for that type of work? Now, some types of jobs are very heavy in the office. There's mm. lots of paperwork. There's lots of organisation. Uh, maybe there's lots of payment claims. You've got retentions, a whole bunch of stuff that you've got to stay on top of to actually make it work. So that's another thing to think about. How many site visits or sales visits are required to actually get these jobs across the line? That's another overhead. What's the typical conversion rate? Do you win a lot of these jobs or are they kind of medium or is it yeah, is it a hard sell and you don't get that many of them because obviously that's taking more time? Yeah, yeah, well, because you're spending a lot of time on ones you don't close. And if we look back at the admin time, I mean, it's a lot more than that, right? Like if you do a heavy, heavy amount of maintenance work, um, you've got a hell of a lot more invoicing to do, you know, than people that do only large projects. So, you know, there's a lot of things that can go into it. I mean, other things, investment of equipment required. You know, you might need some specialty equipment or maybe it's a type of work where you burn through a certain type of equipment and need to replace it often. Um, so, again, that can be yeah, something Yeah, for example, consider. drainage may need a, you know, a big excavator. Yeah. Whereas uh, repairs and maintenance work just needs a van with some tools and a bit of kit. Yeah, that's right. And, and again, like certain tools, are, they wear out, they get a hard yep. life, you know. Um, also, like how easy or difficult is it to find team members? So if you do, you know, nice, easy, common, replicatable work, you can get, you know, a, a lot lower skilled people to come in and do it. And I'm not advocating getting low skilled people. I'm just saying not everyone needs to be, you know, an absolute guru. So you can find people more often, which means you can actually expand your workforce faster and you can take advantage of the work and, and get some really good growth. Whereas on the other hand, if you do really specialty uh, breakdown service, it's it's hard. You might have to find your know, absolute diamond in the rough rarities and and so therefore you need to be able to make more margin because it's not like you can grow quickly or you know or or get easy people um next one is you know how easy or expensive is it to get the clients so if there's a really high cost of acquisition you have a high marketing spend to attract the type of work you're after um you know and again you know cost of uh, of your sales process and people going into that and you know all the bobs and whistles that have to happen in order to close a deal um if that's really high, you need a high margin or otherwise it's going to be hard to cover your costs. And it could even be things as simple as how difficult or easy is it to schedule and utilise your labour. You know, some jobs 
if there's lots of maintenance work and it's difficult to organise, you might have gaps in your schedule, which mm. is a problem. Uh, so thinking about that. And also how easy it is, is to systemise the work actually when you're out in the field. So if you can systemise it really easy and train the guys really quickly, mm. that can make it you know really beneficial as well. You get people up to speed super quick as well. 100%. So, I mean, in a nutshell, you might have noticed a bit of a... Um but you know some some themes in here, and I think the big thing is like, for example, if you look at like a little large project work, what you might find is if you do that type of work and you compare it with maintenance as a, just a very broad example, you might find that your GP in dollars per hour is probably going to be a little bit lower on your you know your uh, large project work than it is on that maintenance work. Big thing is is that that large project work probably takes less scheduling. Uh, you're sending more guys to the same site for a long period of time. Uh, it's probably easier to find the team members. Uh, your conversion rate is typically high because you know you might be getting it through a builder or a general contractor. There's probably not so much individual sales time because it's one project to win. Even if there was sales time, it's still one. It's not 500. Um, so the thing is, is you can get away with a slightly lower GP in dollars per hour because there is less overhead. Whereas that maintenance work is going to require more invoicing, more scheduling. It's more individual leads that need to be brought in, which is cost. It's more sales. It's you know, it's it's more everything. Uh, harder to schedule, and it could be more reactive. You know, breakdown type of service. So you need people that are more skilled. It's just, it's going to need to be more profitable. Um, yeah, and if it's going not, to have higher overheads, and and it will also help you if you're not seeing that it's not quite as profitable. That say maintenance or or response work, you might think, well, geez, I know there's more overheads with this. I need to put my prices up here. And so yep. it, the thing here is you use all this information, you get in this information, it'll help you make the right decisions about where you need to head, not only with pricing but really importantly with what type of work you do and therefore what type of marketing you do, uh, what type of clients you want to target with your marketing because that's critical. You don't want to do marketing to everyone. That's a fool's errand. Yeah. That's what people that's the hope strategy. Yeah. That's like ring up the the a radio and ask for an ad to get some work. Waste of time. Figure <laughs> out what niche or niche you want to target based on the profitability information you've got. If you like the fish you're eating already, that you that you go and fish in the same place. Yeah. As uh, simple as that. So it helps you with your decision making and your resource allocation, mm. which then improves the hof- the profitability overall of your business and it just makes it a better place to be. Yeah, all in all, I think you just know your numbers better and you can make some better decisions, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. So should we land this plane? Let's do it. Getting the best bang for buck from your tradespeople or your tech's time in terms of what is the most profitable work is an absolute game changer. Start using gross profit per hour to dial in your ideal type of work and your best clients. Thanks heaps for listening. We'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Tradie Podcast. Your business revenue is growing nicely and you're adding team members. But when it comes to look at your profit margins, the margins seem to be falling and you wonder what the heck is actually going on. Tune into this week's podcast where we discuss how profit margins vary as your revenue grows and why this is normal and what to do about it. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trading and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group and we'll see you in the next episode of the Profitable Trady Podcast.